Hello and welcome to another new episode of Tony the Movie Guy, the podcast. This week's episode is all about Quentin Tarantino films. Join Tony and Yenny as they discuss all of his films, including the newest, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Enjoy! Welcome back, everyone. It's Tony the Movie Guy with a brand new episode of Tony the Movie Guy, the podcast. Hello everyone, we're back for a piping new hot episode. And our subject that we're going to talk about tonight, Miss Money Any. Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, so Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, one of the most, you know, anticipated movies of the uh, year, just came out. Uh, We've both seen it, so Mm -hmm. we'll talk about that too. Uh, But we thought it would be fitting to uh, do a spotlight episode on Quentin Tarantino, who's arguably one of the most influential and popular directors uh, working today. Um, and kind of controversial. There's a lot of different thoughts and ideas about Tarantino as well. Uh, he's only made 10 films, nine actually, but Kill Bill, Vol 1 and Vol 2, were, you know, was actually shot as one film. Correct. Um, but anyway, so we're going to break that down and talk about Tarantino. Are you excited for that? I actually really am. I've listened to three podcast interviews with him, and I think he's actually just a total dude. I love him. A total dude? A dude. He's actually... I mean, I think he's a total nerd, but I love him too. He's a nerdy, quirky, very strange individual, but also a really good guy. Well, he's a movie nerd. He is. He's a movie fanatic. He loves and adores movies. And that comes across in his filmmaking big time, I think. And I'm actually a, a huge fan. Yeah, huge, well, huge I fan. mean, he's Tarantino. Yeah. His films are an event. Probably the only other directors like him is someone like Christopher Nolan, Correct. who has made such an impact. Or maybe even like Wes Anderson or something. But actually, no, even Wes Anderson doesn't have the draw that like Nolan and Tarantino has. Nolan's more epic scale. Yeah. Uh, Tarantino is Tarantino is really like art it is you know that like the 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 acting the the directing the cinematography the music and the dialogue you always know you always know you're (laughs) going to get something so rich and so unique even though he has his signature anyway okay so we will deep dive and we'll just go through all of tarantino's films which isn't a lot he's made 10 movies um but before we do that i wanted to do a few things first of all i don't know if you saw this i thought it was really cool and i wanted to give Hmm. them a shout out uh, there was a podcast called the Take Two Podcast. Did you see that? I've I've seen it. Yeah, so it's it's some podcast that's on iHeartRadio. Okay. And they found Tony the Movie Guy and they just gave us a shout out. I, I had no idea. Yeah, and I thought it was really cool. That's uh, cool. And it's Brian and Tony. They're they're the two guys. <laughs> nice. And anyway, they gave us a really nice shout out. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys. And they were shocked because they saw the logo you know, which is the godfather. And they saw the picture of me in the tux and they thought I was like some New York Italian guy. Oh, how funny. And then I start speaking and I'm British, you know, and they were like, no, we think it's Tony the movie guy. And they were like, (laughs) 
Next time you do a podcast, can you do like a New York accent and I'm doing a really bad job? (laughs) I don't even know what I'm doing. So that was for you, Brian and Tony. Thanks, Brian and Tony. At the Take Two podcast. Uh, Anyway, check them out too because I I subscribed and I started listening to them. They do like a three-hour show. Wow. (laughs) It's ridiculous. And it's reviews or just deep dives? Everything. Movies. Yeah, because it's like it's several hours. Oh, wow. It's it's a long show. It's all about movies, reviews, uh, lists, everything. Cool. You know? So it's it's much more um, what's the word uh, ambitious than ours. I'll, I'll admit okay. it. Uh, but it's 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 a it's a good listen. And cool. hey, I appreciate the shout out. So I'm giving you guys a shout out back. Check out the Take Two podcast. Thanks, guys. Um, and then I also because we haven't done this in a long time, and it's something we are going to be launching or relaunching soon. Check out our Patreon. Yes, because uh, we we have some exciting plans because. We're 15, 16 episodes away from our 100th episode. How exciting. And especially when we do that, I want to kind of do something special and something new and exciting. So please do check out our Patreon. Please do subscribe to our show, Tony the Movie Guy podcast uh, on iTunes, on SoundCloud. Uh, The the five-star reviews, your subscription, it really makes a difference and we really appreciate it a lot. So since I haven't done that in months... I just wanted to give a shout out to my own podcast. Absolutely. Okay, good. And uh, how are you doing otherwise, Miss Money? Annie? Pretty damn good. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Well, you're ready to uh, deep dive into Tarantino? I really, really am. I um have been doing a little bit of after a, uh, what was it? I watched it on Tuesday. I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with mm-hmm. my husband. I saw it um, on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, you saw it a few days before me. After that, I went on a little bit of a, a roll and just went back to my favorites. That's so funny. I went home <laughs> and I watched Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Kill Bill Vol 1, Kill Bill Vol 2, and Half of Jackie Brown. And that secured and affirmed that I just really, I'm sorry, I don't <laughs> like Jackie Brown. So that's, the, well, that's one of the ones I haven't seen. Yeah. We'll go through it. But I watched Kill Bill 1, 2, and Reservoir Dogs. Man, those films the Kill Bill films just get better. Oh, Because I never loved them when they God. came out and the first one is phenomenal. So I was pretty young when they came out yeah. um, and I don't think I really got it. Got I was it, like, yeah. what is this madness? Tony, We're going to get there, remember. I know, but <laughs> I enjoyed them so yeah, much brilliant. this time. They actually shot to the top of my list. Yeah, no, no. So I had to they're say brilliant. It. The first one I was like, wow, I, I actually love this. I bought them both. Um, okay, good. So th- let's talk about Quentin Tarantino now. Now, before we go into his movies, one thing that's kind of amusing is, um, you know, well, A, he dabbled in screenwriting, mm-hmm. as you know. Uh, oh, not dabbled in screenwriting. because no, he, he, he writes all of his movies now as a director. Um, but yeah, he wrote True Romance. Which we love. Uh, which is one of my all-time yes. favorite movies. And, and it, you can tell. <laughs> yeah, even though Tony Scott directed it, it has yeah. the feel of a Tarantino it film really because does. of the dialogue. Um, And I absolutely adore that movie to pieces. Um, And I've read the original script. And actually, I own it from Tarantino, where Clarence Worley, actually, he he dies in the original script from from Tarantino. He also wrote Natural Born Killers, uh, which is a trippy movie. I know you're not not the biggest fan. It's one big, long LSD trip. But it's got great performances from Juliette Lewis, Woody Harrelson, Robert Downey Jr. as that shit yeah. crazy as this Aussie in it. Tom Sizemore. So I love that. Um, that one doesn't really have the Tarantino signature to me. Like you wouldn't know, in my opinion. No. And then he also wrote From Dust Till Dawn. Correct. I knew that. Which Robert Rodriguez and directed. <laughs> and he stars in And a total in creep. Yeah. So that film, 
I actually love. It's such a oh, Kempi B movie, but I, I've always loved it because the first half of that movie is just like this crime caper. And then the second half it's is just this bizarre, bizarre bunkers <laughs> vampire movie. Also, as a teenager, so Salma Hayek, yeah. swing. Her boobies were intense. Wow. <laughs> what? It's true. Her boobies she's, were she's intense. She's doing this dance it's with, a, official. with a snake and they're like all over the place. And I was just, I was very young. I was oh like, who God. is this woman? This is crazy. Desperado as I well. I really, that was the really enjoyed From Dust Till Dawn. It, it's super fun. Harvey yeah. Keitel's great in it. Juliette Lewis is great yeah. in that too. George it's, Clooney, I like yeah. in that too. That's right. That yeah. was one of George Clooney's like first films. Yeah. He is so super cool in that and movie. And so sexy. Um, um, and Tarantino, that's Ugh, the one so film where I actually think Tarantino's good in that. He's a good, uh, good I mean, creep. Yeah, I don't want to slag off Tarantino, but look, I think we can all agree acting isn't his like forte. Um, and I'm sh- pretty sure he knows that too. But in From Dust Till Dawn, he's he's genuinely funny and creepy yeah, and totally. spooky. Yeah. You know, that scene where he like rapes and kills that chick, you know? That's right. Uh, you know, and, and George like, Clooney's like, what's wrong with you? Is yeah. it something I did as a kid? And oh. Yeah, uh, he's like. There's a really creepy scene where he's checking out Juliet Lewis, who's like way younger oh, yeah. than him. Do you want to eat my pussy? He like, so yeah, creepy. he imagines it, and yeah. he's like, you know, I will do what you told me to. And she's like, what? what are you talking yeah, because she plays yeah. like a 16 or 17 yeah, year old in that, like that film. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. It, that that's that. I remember really liking. I actually thought he directed it for the longest time, but then I realized it was just a screenplay. Well, Robert Rodriguez and Tarantino have very similar styles. Uh, Robert mm. Rodriguez hasn't really kind of had the prestigious career but um that tarantino's had but he's made great movies like yeah. faculty which i, I, I really love desperado and then Best. he kind of went on a tangent with the spy kid movies which ah. that's where he kind of lost me but um he's made some great films but they they have a style and uh they've collaborated a lot right um okay good so um that leads us into like his small kind of acting career which you'll see is kind of funny because he did another few films, but otherwise he's mainly just had cameo appearances in his own movies um, where he's been pretty funny. Um, but let's start. Uh, Reservoir Dogs is the first film he did. Have You You haven't seen Reservoir Dogs? No, I'm smiling. She's looking at me in a I'm funny going... <laughs> smirk. I'm going to be very unpopular because I don't like Reservoir Dogs. Well, just so you know, I think that film is kind of split with a lot of people. You know what I mean? Look, it, that film was groundbreaking for independent budget movies because it was made for like a couple hundred grand. And right. most, nearly 90% of the film was just shot in a basement. Right. I'm actually quite astounded how much I think it holds up and how well it it's shot. And that film is like basically all dialogue. It works because of the dialogue. Right. So it really has Tarantino's signature. And then you've got Tim Roth, who's just incredible. Tim Roth is Michael, amazing. Michael Madsen, who's incredible. Harvey Keitel is heartbreaking Look, in that. And Tarantino's in it as I'll well. I'll clarify, Where the fuck though, am I, Mr. Pink? You know? I, I love the performances. Yeah. But it's not enough. Right. Some of the dialogue for me, and every Tarantino movie, the dialogue goes on for a while. Yeah. And sometimes it's too long. Yeah, they talk for like 10 minutes about tipping. Exactly. <laughs> Steve Buscemi. So that oh, first so scene good. is awesome. I love that yeah. scene. But then I tried to rewatch it like recently and yeah. I ended up fast forwarding a lot because really? I was so bored. Wow. And the whole film is really just, if you look at the plot, about a bunch of criminals it's who don't a, trust a botched, each other who are talking. Yeah, it's a botched robbery. Yeah. And they there, there's a, a cop who's in the midst yeah. undercover and, you know... 
they're basically yeah they're all paranoid and it's been it's not really about anything three else, times yeah. i've tried to wow. like it because others do like so many other people are like oh my god reservoir dogs it's not my well, Tarantino I, movie. It's, just so you know, that's okay. I know. I watched it when it came out. I remember seeing it in the theater, having no idea what it was, who this guy was, and it blew me away. So it's one of those films where, you know... The time. It, it hit, no, no, no. I Because I, I just watched it again last week. Yeah. Because um, as I said, so this episode will probably drop like a week or so after the film's been out. But, um, you know, I, I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and I came home and as I said, I binged like five Tarantino right. movies and that's the first one I put on and I, I I don't know why I loved it but what I'm saying is is because it holds kind of a, a dear place in my heart from right. remembering when I first saw it and the impact it had on me and just being so kind of raw and gritty yeah I think that's why I liked it and also I just found it so cool the suits the glasses the slow motion sure. walking little green bag you know he brought back all these classic old tunes from like the 50s you know um yeah and the dialogue was great I know it's not a film that like everyone reveres because uh, it's it, it's also it's like guerrilla filmmaking. It's a very independent, low budget movie, um, but that's OK. So you actually tried to see it again. You just I, couldn't get into I it. I could not. I I just tried and I tried and I tried and I was like, I'm just not enjoying this. Okay. I am so bored. Yeah, I see, and I loved all the names. Mr. Pink, Mr. White, Mr. Blonde. It's and it so was cool. clever. <laughs> it was incredibly clever and yeah it's just not my film also and what's weird is because now when i look at it i mean they make films a hundred times more graphic and worse than reservoir dogs no when that film came out it was really controversial it even got banned in certain areas because of the (laughs) whole torture scene with him cutting the cop's ear off right and i mean yes it's very malicious and cruel but jesus christ i mean you're a horror fan oh yeah i mean the films they make now that's just like or things like Sicario a, and so a forth. Sign. You know? yeah. Exactly. Heads in the wall yeah. and you know, but um yeah. It's so funny to me that I mean Michael Madsen appears in nearly all of Tarantino's does, films. Yeah. But it is funny to me that he didn't really blow up after that because he was so oh, were, menacing and yeah. cool and magnetic. Same with Tim Roth. Because I love Tim Roth. He was amazing. I love him. But acting-wise, I mean, he deserved an Oscar nomination minimally for that. He was so good. Um, But he never really just had that career. I mean, especially those two, because they kind of just show up in Tarantino movies and do some TV. But, uh, you know, obviously, like, Javi Keitel is a legend. And Steve Buscemi is, like, one of the best character actors all over. But, um, I mean, anyone who's into into kind of independent cinema, Reservoir Dogs, to me, is, like, a must. Sure. Um, But I I get it. It's not a movie for everyone. It's just a great, gritty little crime movie. But if nothing else, to me, it was just this introduction to like, whoa, here's like a talent. Yeah. Here's a talent. No, now, I know I'm in the minority, but I, I, I completely understand uh, your appreciation for it. Well, here's the good news, because that was like 92, 93. Yeah. So if anyone thought that was a fluke, 1994 rolls round, and what comes out is Pulp Fiction. Hmm. Now, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember specifically about Pulp Fiction because I had like a really cool opportunity to uh, bump into and get to meet John Travolta Mm -hmm. when he was in England. And um, this was kind of before his big, huge comeback. I mean, John Travolta is still John Travolta, but he had that kind of lull period where he wasn't like an A-list star. So I had the opportunity to kind of have a bit more of a kind of intimate 
setting to meet him and stuff like that. And he was filming this little movie that he he <laughs> cut his pay. He like got almost nothing for it just because he, he loved the script and he wanted to do it. I don't think any of them knew what they were making. Totally. And then that film comes out and changed filmmaking. Cinema, yeah. Literally... I mean, I'd say overnight, but no, it probably took a bit longer than that. But Pulp Fiction was such a benchmark in filmmaking and is so culturally relevant. It's one of my top 10, actually top five films of all time. Absolutely. Easily. Uh, and to and me, that I love. I and to me, that's it. his masterpiece. Yeah. It, any as batshit crazy as his other films are, this film is that and so much more. And um, so clever it's the it's dialogue so clever. is so brilliant yeah. it's so funny it's so shocking so funny right it's so shocking yeah it's everything like yeah. that film is everything the genre is hard because it's basically crime <laughs> yeah but it's a co crime comedy black Drug, drama yeah uh, you know black but comedy and there was so many things about it so first and foremost yeah the script is just ingenious amazing the yeah. dialogue is ingenious it's Easily his most quotable film. Yeah. You know, Royale with cheese. <laughs> what do they call the Big Mac? La Big Mac. <laughs> what about the Whopper? So I don't know. I didn't go to Burger King. You know, I love you, honey bunny. You know, just it's, I mean, it's endless. So many, yeah. I mean, that, uh, that script is brilliant. The dialogue is so, 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 so witty. Um, and it's a, that film is almost three hours long. And I can, I've, I think I watch Pulp Fiction maybe once every year or so. Yeah. Like I, I, I just, I revisit it. It's, it's his, to me, his most rewatchable film, even though it's got so much going on. I love Bruce Willis in that film too. So good. He is. And he's kind of an anti-hero because he he's a dick. I know. He's the one That's why I love it. hero character, but like he's trying to get out of this rigged boxing match, but he kills his opponent right. and then makes a run for it. And he's a total asshole to his girlfriend, even though she's a bit of a nerd. Um, but yeah, it's funny. There's no real true like good guys. And no, you love Travolta really. and Sam Jackson, you know, what is it? Jules and Vincent, Vincent mm -hmm. Vega. Um, but there are hitmen. Uh, anyway, it's there, there's so much going on. So, yeah, I mean, the script, the dialogue, absolutely, you know, Ezekiel 27. The dance I mean, scene with John and Uma. Oh, I mean, it's just the so best. So iconic. So iconic. Off. Yeah, I mean it's so it's such a simple dance, but it's a Jack Rabbit slim he likes, contest. Uh, Tarantino likes her feet. Yeah, he shows her feet a lot. And in Kill we'll Bill, fast which, forward to yeah, Kill Bill. Yeah, it's like he's really into her feet. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Really she's funny. got nice feet. Well, she was a supermodel before she became an actress. Uh, yeah, understandably you know? so. She really was, but she. I mean, we'll talk about her because in Kill Bill, she oh my is gosh. phenomenal. I yeah. mean, she got an Oscar nomination for Pulp Fiction. Yeah, which was her big breakout. Supporting, right? Yes, and yeah. she's great in it. But Kill Bill, she's phenomenal. Yeah. And she is the star, the lead. Um, yeah, I mean, the cast. I mean, John Travolta. Amazing. Uh, yeah. It's such a comeback for him. He is so cool, um, but also kind of dumb and idiotic, uh, but brilliant. Yeah. And talk about a duo, him and Jules Sam, with yeah. Sam Jackson. So they're so brilliant together. And you're like rooting for these guys. I mean, even just the evil. picture of them in their suits with their guns, that's so iconic. Yeah, totally. That's being copied everywhere. Yeah, I mean, they're they're bad guys, you know, but... But you like them. Uh, you really do. Um, you know, oh, 
oh shit, I shot Marv. I must have gone over a bump or something. <laughs> I mean, stuff funny. like that that was just so ridiculous. Yeah. But Terrence, um, I mean, John Travolta, I thought was just absolutely brilliant. So good, he deserved yeah. all the accolades he got because he got an Oscar nom- nomination, but it really revived his career. And then he had a good 10-year run as an A-list star again. Yeah. And I mean, Travolta, he's fine. He's never going to go anywhere. No. But, you know, I'd love to see him have that kind of level of success. Sam Jackson had already kind of been around Jurassic Park, other movies. Yeah. But that really also kind of blew him up. Uma Thurman made her a big star. I mean, the freaking overdose scene. So I mean, even that was unbelievable. The whole huge uh, hypodermic needle needle to like, what what was it? Her chest, right? It was energy. It's uh, like morphine or something. It was a shot to basically revive her. Um, But that whole scene was like so controversial. You know, yeah, she OD'd on freaking like hardcore heroin. Yeah. You know, Um, Ving Rhames was fantastic as the, uh, he's the mafia guy. He's the big mob boss who gets freaking butt raped you know <laughs> bring out the gimp the gimp sleeping well you best go wake him up then don't you i mean it's ridiculous i mean that whole sequence with them down in the basement getting you know as the freaking what's his name uh, oh Mar- marcellus wallace yeah marcellus wallace getting freaking butt raped um. you know but you know with you know what's his name oh zed where's zed Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. See, <laughs> whose uh, motorcycle is this? Not a motorcycle, baby. It's a chopper. Whose chopper is this? Zed's. Who's Zed? Zed's dead, baby. <laughs> Zed's dead. I mean, it's so quotable. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, that whole thing was, again, nowadays, that's like, well, eh, whatever. But then that was right. so, like. Yeah. It was groundbreaking. Well, they couldn't believe he was doing it and getting away with it. But it was brilliant. And then Bruce Willis escapes and he goes up and he, like, pulls like a, what is it? Like a hammer. And then he's like, oh, no, I need something else. And then he gets a bat. He's like, no, I need something else. And he grabs a chainsaw. And he looks up and there's light. And then he gets a samurai sword and goes down and freaking like slices them up and saves him. It's it's so ridiculous. And the film is all out of sequence. Uh, which then, first time I watched was, it, I didn't get it. Right. It's non-linear. Yeah. Back then, that was also that just was new. Un- unheard yeah. of. People were like, really what? New. You can actually piece it together. It doesn't particularly help if you do, because I've I'm nerdy enough. I've <laughs> actually done that, because like the last scene is the first scene, right? Where they're you know Jules and Vincent are in like t-shirts and like you know Hawaiian right. shirts, you know. So it's it kind of all comes back round. Yeah. Um. I mean, this film alone we could probably talk about forever. Yeah. Uh, the soundtrack. Oh, so good. That soundtrack alone like was as much a phenomenon as the movie was like i remember back then and that was like in the mid 90s when i was really into grunge and rock and stuff like that and the pulp fiction soundtrack was like for many months just as popular as anything else i was listening to which was kind of cool because as a teenage kid i mean the music on that soundtrack it's got a lot of like oldies it does yeah dusty springfield son of a preacher man oh fantastic songs and like latin songs and just just brilliant and of course from space jam as well (laughs) you know i probably did a terrible impression of that but you got exactly (laughs) what i was doing well it's it's that that is a tune spanish music right it's a really fast guitar and it's a tune from like i think the 60s or something something you know but absolutely brilliant i loved it um what are some of your favorite parts of pulp fiction because i've been doing all the gabbing um 
you pretty much covered it. I mean, I just adore the. I'm going to go back to the dance scene. I I think the that scene is so iconic. It's so different and so like because he up till then they're just you know they're like they have this banter back and forth and right. they're talking and this and that and she's trying to just have a good time and be a rebel and then throws off her shoes and they start moving and then you get you know his John Travolta and his he's just an amazing right, dancer from Greece, from Greece he's so Saturday, Saturday Night, Night Fever. Fever and you're like oh, this is beautiful. I mean even that finger thing yeah. across the face which is so stupid and lame and obvious it became he made look like the coolest thing in the yeah. world and I won't deny it I've copied it so many times yeah. on the dance floor <laughs> and i i really like the whole diner scene uh yeah, that's great it's brilliant which i think it starts and finishes with i don't remember i think it starts there it's it goes the back dance and scene? forth no the diner they sh- they sh- uh, they're having conversation and they, well they sit down yeah. and they have that whole conversation about the foot massage and how the exactly. fact that Mar- marcel yeah. is through this guy tony off exactly. the, the roof and then um the uh contest gets announced yeah so then they go and they do the dance and then they go home after that yeah no i'm talking about the diner scene where the there's a two they hold up the diner yeah with with tim Tim roth Roth and amanda Plummer. yeah so that's how that scene so that's how the film opens correct so the film comes back yeah so the film opens with this whole monologue with amanda Plummer and tim roth just in a cafe um, where you just think they're a couple, but then you find out they're like basically like a Bonnie and Clyde, and yeah. they decide to rob this, and then they're like, "All right, everyone, don't move. This is a robbery. Oh, you fucking fucking pricks, yeah. move!" And I'm like, "I killed every last motherfucking one of it all." Yeah. Anyway, I something love that like scene. that. And then it freeze frames, and I'm sorry, listeners. Um, I fucking love Pulp Fiction. It's so good. And then the film starts, and then the final scene. is John Travolta and Sam Jackson after Mr. Wolf has saved them after the Marvin incident where they blow his head off. They're all in like shorts and t-shirt. They go to this diner. Correct. Um, and they have the briefcase, which is, by the way, the briefcase, this MacGuffin, you never find out what's What's in in the the briefcase. briefcase, You know, is that what I think it is? Yeah. It's beautiful, but you never know. And it doesn't even matter. Yeah. But then that's when Tim Roth and Amanda Plummer hold up the, the restaurant. And there's that whole freaking awesome scene with Sam Jackson. Love that scene. Go get my wallet. It's the one that says bad motherfucker, you know? Yeah. And then they mosey up. They basically let the robbers take all the money and he even gives them his money. And then they leave and then they leave and the movie ends. Yeah. Yeah. So I I love that. So beginning and yeah. end scene. I love that. Yeah, those would be my three yeah. favorites. Even that whole like seven minute sequence, which when I was younger bored the hell out of me, but now I love it because I understand it with Christopher Walken mm-hmm. just telling him the story about that watch to right. a, a baby Bruce Willis when right. he's a kid. You know, I remember when I was younger, actually, I wasn't that much younger. I was a teenager, but I guess I was much more impatient. But now I appreciate that sequence so much because it sets up why the watch is so important for him and he's willing to risk his life to go back just to get it you know what i mean um yeah it's such a brilliant brilliant movie it's it's so damn good it's so well shot the dialogue is incredible i mean we've we've spent a lot of time on pulp fiction but (laughs) i think well i think it's, it's a masterpiece i think it deserves it because most people i think would agree that it's his masterpiece and to me it still is and he's made amazing films, but it's easily his favorite film of mine. And I think that's a film that's just going to stand the test well, of time. Well, he agrees with you. Yeah. Well, he, In the last podcast, he, he said it. it. He's like, oh, it's his yeah, favorite. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's Well, also, because I've read lots of interviews about him, the thing about Pulp Fiction specifically with Tarantino that he said is he got to make the movie he wanted to make. Exactly. He, which was quite 
unheard of at that time because he wasn't this big acclaimed director. He got Final Cut. So it was, he made the exactly film, what he wanted. the exact yeah. film he wanted, which even some of these other ones he didn't get to that do. That doesn't happen a lot these yeah. days. All right. So that's, that's Pulp Fiction. Absolutely brilliant movie. Um, so now he's huge. Yeah. I mean, that film got like 10 Academy Award nominations. And after that, I don't know if you remember, and it's such a pity because some films got kind of unjustly lumped into this. After that, it was like all these films were just Pulp Fiction copycats. Uh, Even movies like Gross Point Blank. That's mm-hmm. why that film, which I love with mm-hmm. John Cusack, because it's quite violent and but like funny. Remember, I yeah, screened I it for you movie. and you yeah. loved it. That was good. Um, a lot of people just kind of consider another, you know, Tarantino type movie. Mm. But they did. I remember they did Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead, which is actually another good film with Andy Garcia. And they, ju- they did a whole string of movies like that that were just kind of like copycats. Mm. Um, so then he did a film called Jackie Brown. So that's one I haven't seen. So you haven't seen yeah. it at all. I saw it in the theater because, of course, I mean, it was Tarantino and it had Robert De Niro in it. Sam Jackson was it back. It look very it had good. Michael Keaton. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't know what to say. When I saw it in the theater, I enjoyed it, but I totally forgot about it. And after my kind of, you know rehabilitation and getting all pumped up after seeing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I did that binge. And that's the one I couldn't finish. I yeah. got through 30 minutes and I, I don't know. I mean, it's a, again, it's a really long film. It's nearly three it hours. It's very slow. It's the only film he didn't write. It's based okay. on an Elmore Leonard novel. And I don't know. I mean, it's, it's also um, a lot of people, what they separate this film with, it's not really violent at all. Ah. The, you know, because he has kind of a signature style. Yeah, you expect it. Comes, it. it comes and fits and bursts. But yeah. when he does it, my God, he does it. Um and also, I don't know, it's like none of the performances other than Sam Jackson were great. You know, like I just remember there's one great line where he's talking about machine guns and he's like, AK-47, when you absolutely have got to kill every motherfucker in the room except no substitutes. I remember that. And Sam Jackson's good in it. But Pam Greer, she's a this black exploitation big actress from the 60s because he was trying to like revive people. Mm. She was okay. Michael Keaton, who I love, had kind of a bit part. I don't know. It's it, it was a bit of a forgettable movie. It was very slow. Not a lot happened. Yeah, I, I I hadn't even heard of it. I didn't even know it was Tarantino. That's yeah. that's how much it went under the radar yeah. for me. Anyway, even Robert De Niro kind of plays a schlub in it. Bridget right. Fonda's in it. She's pretty good, but it's got a good cast. But um, I, yeah, I'm not a fan of Jackie Brown, unfortunately. Understood. So uh, I'm going to move on. Oh, and Chris Tucker's in it as well. <laughs> you know, random. from Fifth Element, you know, and he's not great. <laughs> All right, so that was Jackie Brown. Now, what's funny is many people love Jackie Brown now and think it's his favorite. Oh. <laughs> I don't really get it, to be honest. I just don't, but, you know, each their own. Then he did Death Proof. So I have you I, seen it? No, I went and watched the preview because I was like, should I really put my time into this? It looked entertaining, but... Well, I don't know. This is what he actually did. He did a thing called Grindhouse, yeah. where him and Robert Rodriguez had such a love of B movies from like the 60s and 70s, like B horror movies and right. stuff like that. So they, um, Robert Rodriguez made a film called Planet Terror, and Tarantino directed uh, Death Proof. Okay. And when they released them, they released them in the theater back to back with fake commercials huh. in between. Have you heard of Machete? 
Danny Trejo did the film uh-uh. or Hobo with a Shotgun with the late <laughs> great Rudger Hauer. They were fake trailers. Amazing. And they actually released them as films. Machete, I've seen like twice. It's actually quite good. They're so campy. Um, it didn't succeed. They weren't hits. They're not very critically acclaimed. And uh, I'll I'll admit now, Planet Terror, the one directed by uh, Robert Rodriguez, I love much more than Death Proof. Okay. Um, that one is, it's so campy. It's like a B-movie, but it's got Josh Brolin in it. It's it's just a really fun movie. Um, Death Proof is really slow. And when it gets violent, it's like over-the-top violent. Mm. Um, but it's got a delicious performance from Kurt Russell, who's the bad guy. Yeah, it looks like He's it, like yeah. a serial killer. Yeah. Um, and he is really good in it. And Zoe Bell, who isn't really an actress, she's this Aussie stunt person, and mm-hmm. she does all the stunts. She did all the stunts for Uma Thurman and mm. the Kill Bill movies. Um, and she got like an actual role in this film. Now, she's not the best actress, but it was kind of fun to see her. It's a bit of a forgettable movie. It's very slow. Um, when there is action, it's pretty fun, um, but it's not great. Not it's amazing. definitely towards like that and Jackie Brown. Then they're they're the films of his that I think will get forgotten. Right. Sorry, Jackie Brown fans, because I don't even know people that particularly go, "Oh my God, Death Proof is amazing," which they do do for Jack, uh, Jackie Brown. Right. Um, okay, so that's that one. We'll move on because you haven't seen it, and I don't even. I mean, you may want to give it a try because you love eh. Kurt Russell, right? I love Kurt Russell and I do like, you know, horror movies and so forth. But I, it's not I even a horror out, movie yeah, at all. Well, serial killer things. Yeah. I love all that. Yeah. I really do. It's so weird. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So do I. I find it it's fascinating. Just the way you said I don't it. know what to say. Um, I love serial killers. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the, I, the preview honestly somewhat told me the story right. anyway. So I was just kind of like, eh, I don't know. I'd rather rewatch some of the ones I really love yeah. than check this out just because it's Tarantino. Yeah. Okay, so now we're getting to the early 2000s. And when you look at these films, Tarantino did change a bit because now he's making these absolutely ridiculous films that are so ambitious and and so... Bonkers? Yeah, but visually dazzling and crazy. Now when I assess it, because again, the next one is Kill Bill Vol 1, and... I just saw it again, and I I couldn't believe how much I loved it. Like you're right. Like probably before I made, uh, before I saw it again, and I made a list, they were towards the bottom. Kill Bill Two, oh. I don't love as much. Funny. It's quite slow. I, I, I love oh, I like it. it a lot. But the first one is right up there. It now it's probably like Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, Inglorious Bastards, still for certain reason, which we'll discuss, and then Kill Bill. Right. You know, but um. It's so good. So for me, it's interesting. Vault 2, I actually like even better because of the martial arts influences. Of course, yeah. And the crazy kung fu master who jumps and lands on her sword. Well, that's and... on the second one, yeah. Yeah, I'm oh, saying. Yeah. Gordon, I like you know the who that second is, one right? better. That's Gordon Liu. You don't know who that is? No, staring at you blankly because uh, I don't know who that is. So he... So in this, you know, in the 70s, especially, yeah. um, and, but also in the 80s, like martial arts with Bruce Lee and totally. it just broke out internationally. But you had some um, stars that have kind of been lost with time, like Gordon Liu mm-hmm. or Gordon Lau. I might be saying his name wrong, but he was 
iconic and Sonny Chiba, right. who is also in, in the first one, Volwan, he's the sword maker. Sword master, yeah. He makes the sword, who is um, one of the most like acclaimed stars kind of pre bruce lee era right or, well not even pre but just a different kind of more edgier um as a matter of fact remember true romance mm-hmm. when she meets him in the theater yep. and he's watching a sunny a bunch of sonny ah, chiba movies that's right you know because yeah, yeah. tarantino was a huge fan so then he got him in the film that's amazing so they actually have all of these acclaimed martial artists having roles in this film which, which is, is pretty amazing. cool and i love that entire sequence i yeah. i love that sequence i love the entire black mamba sequence so you love sequence. the second one yes. the most yes more except in the first one is one of my favorite sequences of all time with lucy lou that entire oh, tokyo sequence with the crazy ada the yeah. crazy ada with that a whole thing in the snow when they, she yeah. finally defeats her Cuts oh her freaking head off like well just the top but of they her go head. so slow her. when they actually yeah. finally confront each other and oh, it's yeah. beautiful yeah. it's like this incredibly and remember when she scene. said like for mocking you earlier yeah, I apologize. Because she realizes, wow, she really is incredible. Yeah. She's you know? going to defeat me pretty much. And even Daryl Hannah, who uh, Ellie Driver yeah. with the, the eye patch was, she says to someone like, you know, she's the most fearsome warrior I've ever seen. You know, she deserved better when A she better thought death. she was killed Correct. by Michael Madsen. Uh, I mean, these they really do respect it. And yeah. Even Bill, played by David Carradine. Oh, he's so he's good. so good good in that, that is, film and that's the other thing the climax is so heart-wrenching oh, when she brilliant. sees her little girl she didn't know her daughter that's, actually survived that's the thing and she just like breaks down and you're the funny thing Spoilers. is <laughs> in that 30 minutes yeah. you suddenly you like bill well i was gonna say like, this is heart-wrenching i was gonna say it's brilliant but that's why it's kind of hard like Almost an hour of that film is that whole last sequence. And I love that sequence. And their fight scene, do you know how long it lasts? It's like two minutes. No, it's like 45 seconds. It's so fast. It's so short. She she does the The five finger death punch. And such a nerd. His his heart. Which is. How do I look? And and, and she's actually upset. She's devastated. No, she starts crying. She's actually devastated. Yeah. And that's what also got to me. Anyway, that's why I'm pro second. Well, remember, he said, like, you broke my heart. Yeah. And you made a mistake because I am a sadistic killer. I am a mad killer. And you broke a killer's heart. And it's kind of true. Yeah. No, it's true. It's like she did kind of get what was coming to her yeah. she ran off without a word yeah he thought she was dead he, right. he was heartbroken yeah. and he's a crazy mass murderer so what did she expect yeah and even the very first scene of the first film because we're oh, bouncing so all over good. the place but that's okay because listeners do, if you haven't do, seen do, it do, do, watch it do, yeah the music do, 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 and the music's very different uh-huh but it is beautiful so good it is it's transfixing yeah um and i love those scenes where it's like turn it Right, when it, it goes shows each one of the killers, yeah, yeah. so 70s, but, and it's Vivacia V Fox, Vivica Fox, uh, Vivica Fox yeah. from Independence that, that Day. That one's really good too. That whole sequence and her her daughter. Kid, her daughter comes in, and then she witnesses her killer, and she's yeah. like, "Should you see the need to find me and, yeah. and take vengeance when you're older? I'll be waiting." Yeah, she, no, she's just, like, "So if you, when you're 18 and you're still sour, come find me." Yeah, it's like Jesus, so <laughs> yeah, cold. It's, it's raw. Yeah, but that entire sequence is amazing. I mean. One and two, that they are one story to me. Of course, and there are sequences in each that I ad- I just adore. But I am going to tell you right now, listeners, Kill Bill is a 
above Pulp Fiction, above everything for me. For I, you, yeah. I love, yeah. like they are number one on my list. I won't even debate you or argue with you because, again, I told you, I, I was blown away with how much I loved it, especially yeah. the first one. Um, In terms of how much I enjoy them, not maybe yeah. even as a masterpiece as a movie because I understand on Pulp Fiction the nature of uh, the, That's the, the filmmaking, but yeah. in terms of how much fun I well, have when actually, I watch them. Even that though, the visual, like that whole animation scene oh, so with good. Lucy Liu, yeah. it's so it's, gruesome. It's gross but and it's amazing. it's beautiful. It's incredible. It's gorgeous. Yeah. And the whole sequence with the crazy 88 where it yeah. turns to black and white because there was so much blood. Yeah. He had to make it black and white. Um, that's why that actually went from color to black and white. And just the cinematography yeah. there is stunning. Yeah absolutely stunning so no i loved it it shot that film up for me and i was like wow and uma thurman oh she's so is good isn't it? brilliant yeah. when she wakes up from a five-year coma and she has the gone, realization yeah. that her baby is gone and she breaks down yeah. and she doesn't even say a word it's just all miss emotion it, it's incredible it, her performance is phenomenal yeah you know, and Daryl Hannah's great in it. Michael Madsen's really good in yeah. the second one. Yeah. And as I said, good old Tarantino always gives him a job. But he's really good in that film yeah. as Bud. And he's like, you know, that woman deserves her revenge. We deserve to die. What's funny is he's the one who basically gets her he more gets, than anyone else. He does. And he's he like gets her in a grave. Hick, you yeah. Know? When I saw that movie first, I thought he actually shot her with a shotgun. And I never uh. understood how she no, was alive. No, it's like assault gun. It's, or, yeah. it's assault pellets. Yeah, assault. yeah, hurts like shit. Yeah, but... no, so she's still bleeding. Yeah. She's just not dead. Yeah, yeah I, I was confused about that. Now, that whole sequence with her getting out from being buried underground kind of hey, defies... she learned how to... It defies expectation a little bit, but... People hey, can do it. Happened. It is physically <laughs> what possible. What do you mean people could do it? I have seen it in many movies. Buffy the Vampire Slayer You've seen it, it in movies. Maybe. Do you think in real life you can get yourself out of a coffin and then like, what was she, like 10 feet they, underground? Yeah, but they've literally... I can't believe we're actually going to have an intellectual soil, discussion about this. The soil <laughs> has just been like just Okay, I did down. think that, so it's probably not... It's still loose. Very it's not uh, cemented. Yeah. I can't believe I'm actually thinking no, it's possible. No, and she she knows, she, yeah. you, you already know from her training that she can <laughs> get through wood, so she busts through through i think it's totally doable yeah. well she did it in the movie so it, <laughs> must, it be must be true, true. <laughs> um anyway yeah so it, it's yeah it's fantastic um i i absolutely loved it and and lucy lou she was incredible I've never been the biggest fan of lucy lou i know you love her from that show elementary yeah elementary yeah but her act i mean elementary is a sherlock holmes show it's nothing right. to be like excited well, I've about seen her, her in like charlie's angels and she was yeah, fun it's but nothing special i forgot how good she is in this like of of all of uh the what are they the deadly viper assassination yeah, squad she's the, she's the, the one that stands fun. out like she is when she's so introduced good. and she's like she's at the head of this table she's just been made like the japanese mob boss yeah and then the one guy is like you fucking american right, she cuts she his cuts head off. It, but she does and this she little does it tap so dance. she like runs yeah. down there and chops his head if off you have any amazing. disagreements just let me know <laughs> be be willing to tell me but yeah. yeah um she's absolutely brilliant um and yeah also just the end of the first one is so, so good, good yeah. because it ends on this cliffhanger where does she know that her daughter is still alive exactly and you're like, you're like holy <gasps> shit because oh the whole movie is about her waking up from a coma Thinking she was pregnant dead, yeah. and getting married and they yes they took everything from her and she thought she lost a baby exactly so it, it opens on that so then you're right the way it does it in vol two is so brilliant because so she's gone through everyone 
She's finally found where Bill found is. Him. She goes into his apartment already to kill him. And there he is basically being a dad. Yeah. And, and it's seemingly. Goes, bang, bang. Right. Seemingly being a good dad. Yeah, exactly. Like he's actually loved and raised that child as his own because yeah. it's his kid. Yeah. You know? No, it's devastating. Oh, the pussy wagon as well. That's, <laughs> that scene was so gross, but so Tarantino. Oh, my God. Just lube her up when she's in a coma. Oh. Yeah. The way she kills those guys and was she like, bites that his gives tongue you. Off yeah. And, yeah. It was so good. Yeah, she's brilliant. So, I mean, those films are fantastic. Um, yeah, Kill Bill, Vol 1, Vol 2, all shot as one movie. So Tarantino considers them one he film. Does, yeah. Which is why he considers he's made nine films yeah. now. But if you count them up doing basic it's maths, <laughs> kids, uh, there's ten films. That's yeah. because it's Kill Bill, Vol 1 and 2. Uh, revisit those movies though oh, if, so if a you're not huge fans of them or b you kind of don't remember them because they are brilliant they they are yeah. absolutely excellent and this is also something that's starting to show his pattern uh, the only other person i've kind of seen do this is stanley kubrick where tarantino is mastered like almost every genre mm-hmm. because he masters like crime war martial arts mm-hmm. you know like kubrick did like sci-fi then, everything yeah you know, historical with django unchained like right well that, that's western yeah, as well western like he's done period, so yeah. many sci-fi is really the only one he hasn't done any. he wants to do uh, star trek that's right which is yeah. going to be bizarre like a tarantino <laughs> hard not R-rated. a fan of benedict cumberbatch i'll tell you that. oh he's not <laughs> he, oh you mean yeah, into darkness yeah he was like that that benedict cumber person like oh, it was I loved really it. funny oh so did i, yeah, I loved that's it. the funny thing but he was like it just showed how passionate he was about the, the franchise. Well, Trekkies love yeah. the original Wrath of Khan. Correct. Which I'm sorry. I mean, I like I like parts of it, but it, it's kind of outdated yeah. and cheesy now. So that's yeah. why I found enjoyment in Into Darkness. Oh, but so did I. They kept it under wraps that he was actually Khan. So yeah. it drove fans crazy. Okay, the next one is Inglorious Bastards. Oh, I love Inglorious This Bastards. is such an interesting film. I will admit to you, um, Yenny, that... This is a long film, and it's kind of hard to get through sometimes. It is. Yeah, no, it is. I've seen sure. Inglorious Bastards maybe five or six times. Okay. I've seen and it I, three times. And I adore it. Yeah. But the difference with Kill Bill, especially the first one, was I was transfixed from start to finish. Yeah. The first one especially. I was just like so entertained. It's nonstop, yeah. Inglorious Bastards slows down a lot. Yeah. The reason this film is so high up for me is because of certain sequences. Those two sequences. Uh, they're actually, I looked at it again, there's actually Four scenes. Oh, really? Yeah, there's actually four scenes in so Inglorious Bastards. So opening scene, the hands opening down. The opening sequence of Inglorious Bastards is is should be taught in yeah. film schools, and it I'm probably sure it is, is yeah. for tension yeah. and build up and suspense. That French actor who went on to be no one or do anything internationally was absolutely brilliant. Amazing. Yeah. And of course, you get the introduction of Hans Lander. Christoph Waltz, who is just incredible. He's won two Oscars, both for Tarantino movies and performances. Absolutely warranted. He's so fantastic. That sequence, that opening sequence, this is a World War II movie, goes on for about 15 minutes where he's basically a Jew hunter and he's interrogating this this farmer and he's drinking his milk about hiding Jews. And he, well, he basically gets him to admit that he is hiding them and tell him where they are. And then they blow them all away. And then the girl escapes and that kind of opens the film. That scene, it's incredible. Yeah. Because it goes on and on and on. And even the dialogue isn't like 
super memorable like pulp fiction it's the no, um, it's, the, it's the editing yeah. the tension the build-up the suspense and the, the, and teasing, the emotion like, yeah. christoph waltz is basically this evil he's horrible, so charming though. like it's so juicy yeah. yeah no he's being that unbelievably like i'm helping you right. i'm here to help right, you but he's a total he's wanker. horrible and and you know this is not going to end well oh, you yeah. know it but you're yeah. just waiting and waiting well, i thought he would the french guy would die but yeah it's yeah. worse you know it's, I mean, it's awful but so good it's so brilliant so that sequence i thought was stunning then the pub sequence so is good. one of the best yeah. scenes in movie history and Agreed. again that goes on for maybe 15 20 minutes so good it is just incredible and that's the film that made michael fassbender really stuck out to me he was in 300 we will fight them in the shade (laughs) but in this i was like who is that because he plays like the british officer and that scene just goes on but like the tension where they're undercover and you know but then the germans are kind of wanting a picture because they're with this girl who's like this famous german actress but then there's like an ss officer and then he wants to join them in and does he kind of suspect something yes no you don't know but then he gives it away and then when finally he gives it away and they all have guns on each other under the table yeah Yeah, he said something in german wrong then michael fassbender takes a drink and just speaks British. Mm-hmm. He's like, all right, old chum, I know we're going to... It's so, so brilliant. Good. And then it's a bloodbath. And yeah. and then he, it goes on from there because then they're all dead. But there's that one German guy left alive was the guy who just had a kid. Yeah. And then Brad Pitt's like trying to talk him into it. But then they shoot him anyway. Uh, it, it's just... That scene is so phenomenal. It's amazing. It's yeah. so brilliant. It's, again, the, the suspense, the tension. It's kind of funny. It's so well staged and the performance is absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah. And then, then there's two others. Um, the scene where the girl, I think, mm. is it Melanie Lauren or Diana? I don't remember. Uh, there's, well, there's two uh, German actresses who are brilliant in this movie. Uh, and I, I, it's Diane something. I can't remember her name. Um, but she's absolutely fantastic in it. And then Melanie Lauren, I think, is the young girl who right. ran away, who then grows up. When she's sitting down with Hans Lander and he's just eating the apple strudel. Oh, yeah. That's brilliant. Number one, that's the most fucking delicious looking apple strudel (laughs) in the world. But they make that scene, again, where he's just so charming and like almost like gay. But does he know who she is? Doesn't he? And she knows who is. And the tension and dread. And when he leaves and she just breaks down. Oh, my God. And then the final one is the one time you see him lose his shit. Oh, yeah. And he strangles the girl. That's brilliant. So he's always so charming. And when he realizes that she's betrayed him and he puts her shoes on, and then he just turns into an animal. Yeah. And he leaps over the table and strangles her in the most animalistic, vicious way. He's sweating in his head. It's so, like, jarring. But it is absolutely brilliant. So... It's odd because those scenes <laughs> elevate this film to a whole new level. Yeah. I have problems with it. I don't like Brad Pitt in that movie. He's he's miscast. not He's not really trying. Yeah, he's... Now, apparently that was the point, but he's kind of just not really trying. I agree with you. He's you know? n- it's not his finest performance and at all. And you barely see the bastards. Like the inglorious bastards are kind of an afterthought. I mean, 
Hans Landa steals everything. The yeah. girls are brilliant yeah. in that film, you know? Um, you get Eli Roth a little bit with the, the batting guy. There's the German guy who turns and becomes one of the Inglourious Bastards yeah. who's good. Michael Fassbender. There's a random cameo with Mike Myers as right. hip, hip, you know, with Winston Churchill. And But it's... And the way the movie ends was kind of a bit ludicrous. Obviously, again, this is where he famously completely alters history and, yeah. like, blows up everyone, kills Hitler but it was just kind of I don't know I didn't love that No, but the film is so revered by me because of those scenes what do you think? Agreed no I completely agree with you there were things where I was just like what? but those key key scenes did I basically uh, steal the scenes you you, love as well? are there other ones? oh completely did yeah no yeah because a lot of the rest of it isn't hugely memorable no it's not yeah no I felt the same way about the movie but those ones are... Oh, and that whole thing with Daniel Bruhl, who I love from uh, Rush, the film with mm-hmm. Chris Hemsworth the, about race car yeah. driving. He was brilliant in that. This was like his first film where he's the the actor guy. They right. made a movie of him because he was a sniper. And like that whole s- storyline, I just... I didn't give... I didn't care. Yeah, it was a bit all over the place. Yeah. It didn't it, need to be there. You know, and I don't know. It's... But that said, I, I I love that film so much Agreed. because of those sequences. And it gave the world freaking Christoph Waltz and Hans Lander. I know. So good. All right. So then we go on to Django Unchained, which is kind of like Inglorious Bastards to me. So he hmm. just he did an incredible war movie. Now he just does this batshit crazy Western. That film is way better than I expected it would be. Me too. Because I'm not the biggest fan of Jamie Foxx, but I loved it. And again, it gave... Christoph Waltz, another Oscar as Dr. King Schultz. Yeah, and this time as the good guy. Right, he's and, good in this. Yeah, and here's what I love about this movie. There are a lot of films that obviously uh, depict this horrible time in history, right. slavery, etc. And it this really film, depicts it. Yeah. While it depicts, I, I'm, I'm trying to communicate this correctly, while it depicts uh, the horror of it, it also adds through Tarantino's wackiness and the comedy makes it more palatable. Right. Like it makes you able to watch it uh, as opposed to something like you watch 12 Years a Slave or something and it's, oh, it's so, so harrowing hard and hard to and watch. Rough. We yeah. know how fucked history was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know. That's a good point. You know, but for me, when I went to see that, it was like because it's Tarantino and the, the, the script and because of Leo and these great performances, Kerry Washington's, even though it's a short, she's, she's fun, phenomenal. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, no, that's a good. really good point because it doesn't glorify it, no. even though it has like those sequences it, with freaking Jonah, enough, yeah. with Jonah Hill oh, and the yeah, Ku Klux Klan, right. and like my wife stayed up all night I cutting those sheets, sequences. and it was so funny. But, but it just makes them such dinguses. Yeah, totally. Um, but you're right. But you're right. But then it really shows kind of the horrors that yeah. he goes through. And ultimately, I mean, Jamie Foxx is Django is the badass, you yeah, know. Totally. Um, but it, it, yeah, I mean, I loved it. Uh, again, I really love that. I movie, mean, Christoph yeah. Waltz was was just so good Amazing. in there, and the, that that scene in the Emory just couldn't mm-hmm. resist. I mean, he could they could have walked out there fine, but he just couldn't resist yeah. because they were. Uh, uh, Calvin Candy played by Leo is so racist and so, so horrible he's like yeah. I, I can't live in a world where this fucker is alive yeah. so he kills him and he knows he's gonna die it was so brilliant yeah. um, Leo as Calvin Candy so good. was really good I mean yeah. he famously smashed his hand on the table 
like cutting open his hand, bleeding profusely. That whole scene is real. Yeah. He just said, they keep shooting. Keep I shooting. That. So good. Um, actually, who really stood out for me was Sam Jackson. Because I agree. he's a, a super racist black dude. Yeah. He's yep. the evilest one of them all. Yeah. You know, he's been working for that ha- that family and he actually loves Calvin Candy. Which you've Candy. never seen before. And kind of advising him and he's almost like raised him as a son. And But he's as racist as them, if Correct. not worse. Yeah, he's it, horrible. It was kind of jarring. He's like, what's this motherfucker doing up there? You know, I'm not going to yeah. go into the, the terms which this film like <laughs> spews out nonstop. Yeah. But I just won't. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's ridiculous. And yeah, Kerry Washington is not in it a lot. But she's actually really good. Yeah, she's brilliant. Their scenes together are actually quite emotional yeah. and, and uh, you know, had an impact on me. Uh, Walter Goggin, who I love. I don't know if you know who that actor is. He's like the bad kind of cowboy guy. Okay. He's from Justified, Sons of Anarchy. Oh, no, I love him. Yeah, yeah I yeah, love yeah. him. He was he was great. Um, Django Unchained kind of defies belief. Sure. Defies, uh, but kind of even but more. But they I always mean, do. Well, come on. We just <laughs> talked about freaking Inglourious Bastards and then blowing up Adolf Hitler. Uh, but it is kind of crazy. Um, I don't love it, but I actually enjoy it I a really lot. And it. I appreciate it a lot more. I mean, I saw it in the theater. I mean, the whole audience loved it. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the music so much from that. I guess because it's a Western, yeah. so it was probably I more. I think like, it's a lot of Western. Yeah. yeah. So that's something that isn't so memorable. But uh, it's I've seen it I think three times. Again, it's like almost I've three only, hours. I long. think I've only seen it twice. That film is really ridiculously gory. I mean, that whole oh, yeah. shootout at the end is just. I mean, the entire house is just red with blood. Yeah. Uh, but it's a fun movie. Okay, then The Hateful Eight came out. Have you seen The Hateful Eight? I have. You don't like it? And I barely remember it. Really? Like, I remember falling asleep in three three quarters of the way through, so I probably need to revisit it. The Hateful Eight, I enjoy for dialogue richness. It's got great dialogue, and the characters are incredible. I remember much happening. Well, because it doesn't. It's all in a carriage. It's eight people. Really. Well, no, the first 30 minutes is just in the a carriage. carriage but then yeah. they all, these eight people, eight characters, all meet in like a hut. And they're all basically double-crossing each other. But it's Kurt Russell, Sam Jackson, Tim Roth, Bruce Dern, Mm -hmm. Michael Madsen, Walter Goggins, Jennifer Jason Leigh got an Oscar nomination. Uh, There's that whole beautiful monologue in the carriage about the letter from Abe Lincoln. Mm -hmm. Uh, Channing Tatum shows up, which was completely secret. No one knew. And he just randomly shows up in the film. Um, It's not brilliant, but it's got great dialogue. You know, they put it on Netflix as a show and they extended it it's the oh. full unlimited version it's five episodes nice and it's about five hours long so, so I, i'll I'm revisit, revisit it, it because yeah. i i do feel like i liked parts of it yeah. but i was maybe not in the mood i yeah. was tired i don't know it's not the most rewatchable film but i i enjoyed it and i got to see it in like beautiful 70 millimeter and um when danny and i went we went to this whole like special kind of limited edition That's show right, with like this whole kind of booklet and it was just it was really cool yeah so maybe I that's should, why I, I have fun memories but i haven't kind of gone back to it uh but that's hateful eight uh okay good so then once upon a time in hollywood so i mean the buzz for this film has been huge because a it was leo b it was brad pitt first yeah. time they've ever done a film together um and then it was it was rumored to be kind of all about the Manson murders, which yeah. actually then it was like, actually, it's not about that. That's just it's kind of a the side backdrop. story. Yeah. It's about the end of the, an era yeah. of the 60s in Hollywood. 
um, the cast, incredible. Margot Robbie playing Sharon Tate. Um, and then you've got Timothy Oliphant. You've I love got, Timothy Oliphant. You know, Michael Madsen again. <laughs> you've got <laughs> Damian Lewis. Um, you've got uh, Al Pacino, Luke Perry. Luke Perry's last I role know. before he died. But, I mean, he's so in the film sad. for two minutes. So, um, Anyway, incredible cast. So, ladies first. I mean, what did you think? Um, so, we know. Uh, Tony and I have already discussed this at length. I liked it a bit more than you did. You liked it. I loved it. My so husband I, and yeah. I, like, loved it. I enjoyed it, but then it resonated with me. So, now it's kind of coming up in stature. My wife loved it. Like, she loved it. The theater I was in, I also watched it. Um, I watched it Prime, like IMAX Prime. Mm. And the colors, I mean, everything was obviously amazing. Yeah. Um, there are a few little issues I have, but the funny thing is with the little issues, they didn't bother me enough that I cared. Yeah. All the way through, I was so into it. I loved the subject matter. I love old time Hollywood movies. I love the history of filmmaking. I right. love seeing how all the fo- uh, movies are made and all of that. So to me already, I was in. I was in. Yeah, so Leo plays this kind of actor who's a bit washed out, yeah. you know, from his heyday called uh, Rick Dalton. Yeah. And Brad Pitt is Cliff Booth, who's like his, his stunt, stunt double. double. Yeah. But and they're they kind of like best friends. And he's basically like his driver now. Because yeah. he got a DUI yeah. and da-da-da. But yeah. they're like buddies. And Rick Dalton lives right next to Sharon Tate. Correct. You know? On that street, which is yeah. all. I mean, they set It'll it very, very drive. accurately yeah. in terms of location, time, this, that, and the other. Casa Vega, the restaurant. All these right. things are very correct. Oh, yeah. It's all historically um, accurate. The, the ranch, with that yeah. old cinema ranch where the, the Manson family and crew used to reside um i loved i just i just freaking loved it starting with (laughs) the monologue between leo and the little girl can we talk about the little girl that was some of the best acting i've ever seen it's so (laughs) he like breaks down he like she like puts him in his place as he's sitting there smoking and reading a book and talking and he gets all emotional yeah. and i love it's that funny because brad pitt is getting like all the kudos for this film and huh. i didn't think he was bad he i actually thought right. he was good um and i like brad pitt i mean i've seen him do knockout performances like in seven and 12 monkeys and so on i thought leo oh, was he stood just, out i mean me leo's too. always fantastic yeah but i thought i mean he just acted his pants up he, he i thought really did. he was absolutely brilliant i would give him a, a an oscar nomination for sure everyone seems to be all hoopla about pitt and i thought he was good he was yeah. very cool calm collected charismatic i loved the dialogue i loved the music yeah. i loved the setting yeah the shots everything about it and then obviously the climax was fucking brilliant yeah so i mean we are going to do spoilers here um so if you haven't seen the movie watch it before uh, continuing but please do come back yeah. and finish the episode um yeah i mean this is again kind of in vain of inglorious bastards where he totally changes he history alters <laughs> history uh, he, it, he wrote it what he wanted it well to that's be. what's so brilliant about this it's in the title once upon a time in hollywood Correct. this is his fairy tale he grew up in this time we can't change reality. You know, Charlie Manson and these crazy women in the Manson family butchered these people, murdered this actress who Completely was like so gorgeous. She was eight, nine months pregnant. Yeah. Um, and it, that's always going to be history. Yeah. You know, it's always going to be history. Everything that happened there 
So he completely subverted that. But what's so brilliant is you don't know that. No. And you don't you even have no suspect idea. that. No. Because it slowly builds up. All throughout the movie, even though this movie is not very violent until the end Mm-mm. and is not very dark until the end, but actually not so dark, really. No. Um, it's quite, this is one of his funniest movies. Like Brad Pitt and it's Leo really are freaking hilarious. They are. Their comic timing is really good in this really film. Really good. You know, and as a duo, they're great. I mean, that. I mean, Leo especially was like actually no brad pitt had some really funny that entire sequence when they walk out of the bar and he's he's like crying and he's like you know it's official i'm a has-been and he's like don't cry in front of the mexicans there's so so many i mean it's a really funny movie but the the looming terror of the Mm -hmm. manson family is always in the background they make it very creepy like when he goes out to the ranch they're well, just always staring and creepy. Fantastic. and There's this whole like 15 minute scene where he goes and investigates the ranch and that goes and You think on he's going to die. Yeah. And you that really scene do. is really yeah. quite creepy. But I'm talking about even because that's towards the end of the movie. Yeah. You know, he has all those run ins with the girls as Correct. he drives the car. And Margaret Quayley, who's the girl she from The Leftovers, good. she's really good yeah. in this. And a lot of the acting she does is, is not spoken because right. he constantly meets her like. You know, she's at a stoplight, and she's just and... kind of this cute girl, but she's one of the Manson family, and um, yeah, it's. Uh, I thought she was great. I love that Manson is kind of an afterthought. He he's is. in it for he's like one seconds, scene, yeah. and that's it. And but he's an afterthought. And you're right. So at the end of the film, and that towards the end, they all the accuracy is there, like the exact time yeah. that they went to that restaurant where they were and everything. But then as they're going to do it, Rick Dalton comes out and basically just calls them a bunch of hippies, and shouts at them, makes them leave. And then so they just change their mind. And they decide to go kill him. I thought it was they just went to the wrong house. No, no, no. So remember that whole conversation they have yeah, about but... let's kill the TV stars that kill everyone because they're the ones that teach us yeah, about violence. Right. So they change their mind. That's how he kind of alters history by cussing them out and telling the hippies to leave because they were literally about to go into the Tate residence right. and Polanski residence. I like that Polanski is also kind of an afterthought because, yeah. you know, he's known well, to he, be a rapist and blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah, and he was and, also in Europe at the time yeah. and wasn't really a part of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and Margot Robbie, you know, I she she did a lot of her acting through body language. She did. And I actually, I mean, she wasn't phenomenal, but she was actually good. She was good, yeah. I liked it. I thought she was good. And there was this like kind of innocence and charm to her. Yeah. and Just like a bubbly kind yeah, of. Yeah, like up and comer. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the scenes in the Playboy Mansion and stuff like that were really cool with Damien Lewis as Steve McQueen. Like, yeah, yeah. she likes short Jewish people. I never stood a chance. You yeah, know? and then who played the guy who she Emil was. Emil Hirsch uh, as Jay yeah. Sebring. So He's when I saw him, I was murdered. like, oh my God, it's Emil Hirsch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he hasn't done much in a while. I mean, it's got so many actors in it. So like, then, yeah, they basically veer, veer to uh, Rick Dalton's house. They go to house. his house, but Cliff Booth <laughs> Brad is Pitt there. has just taken acid. Oh, that's right. A cigarette, that whole scene. Oh, that's so, so th- good. I mean, that scene, uh, A, they make these Manson murderers who up until now have been looming really kind of creepy, terrifying characters. They turn them into buffoons fucking they turn them into like goofy cartoon characters tarantino style Mm -hmm. and it's so gory but it's just him and his fucking awesome pitbull dog yeah i was gonna say that the hero is the fucking shit out of them the The pitbull's amazing amazing. god bless pitbulls i know Uh, well then and rick dalton with his (laughs) flamethrower that whole scene when she falls in the pool and she's just like 
going uh, nuts and he's like okay fuck it it was yeah. so good yeah. so, so good. i mean i i thought that was genius yeah, because it was, brilliant. it was shocking but it was hilarious it was so funny and then um, as brutal as it was it i was so heard funny. in his original script he was gonna kill cliff because Cliff gets yeah, that stabbed sucked. and sh- shot. Yeah. But then they changed it because people like Brad Pitt's character too much. He was supposed to die, apparently. But I kind of got that. Yeah, but you see him just kind of going off in the ambulance and he doesn't actually die. That final scene, though, is what really lingered with me because there he is outside and then Jay Sebring comes down. That. And it's eerie. It's kind of spooky, it but is. so bittersweet because, I mean, he was butchered and yeah. killed. And then she calls down like, oh, is that Rick Dalton? Come up and have a drink. Right. And the whole film has been about how he thinks his star is fading, but he's right next to this new star who's like so yeah. big and Polanski who's big, but that he doesn't think they even know who he is. And she's like, oh, I love your movies. Come and have a drink. Yeah. And he meets them all. And that's how it's the like film ends with once. A, and it's a fairy tale. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And I, I thought that was really poignant. I agree. You know, I, I loved it. That yeah. last 20 minutes is definitely my favorite part of the film. Um, well, the actually, chemistry... no, the, the whole ranch scene as well, you're right. Yeah, the chemistry yeah. between Brad and Leo uh, is is beyond, yeah, you know, it's brilliant. the ne- it's it's like the next best duo. Well, A, they're so charismatic and B, that they, they, they are good actors. Yeah. Brad Pitt doesn't actually get the due he deserves because yeah. he is a great actor. He is fantastic. Yeah. and he... Leo's on another level. Like, I think nearly everyone just loves him. He's like the new De Niro. He, he is yeah phenomenal and he really is the characters are so well um balanced because basically leo is like kind of freaked out all the time and stressed and worried about his career and And then just so cool just doesn't give a shit he lives in a trailer you know like yeah i i love possibly killed his wife but you don't seem to care at all you don't you you really don't because clearly he did yeah got away with killing his wife you see him with like a harpoon on on well he was about to go scuba diving (laughs) but But, it is you know it's 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 brilliant i loved it i thoroughly enjoyed it so here's why i didn't love it because i enjoy it and the more i talk about it i enjoy it and i actually can't wait to review it again I did feel it was probably 30 minutes too long. I would say maybe 15, yeah, 20. Because it, 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 there are times where it kind of diverts and it just goes on and on. Like they go off to Italy and all this yeah. stuff and that whole scene with his wife. And I mean, that was almost like an afterthought. Um, but there were just things that were, I, I felt I went a bit too long. Some of those driving shots were so aesthetic and beautiful and fit the storyline and the scenery and some just went on and on. I guarantee you, if you splice it together, there's 15, 20 lot. minutes yeah. of just driving with I no, do agree. with no dialogue, nothing. Yeah, I, I didn't fully get that. Then there was that damn Bruce Lee scene, which here's why that annoyed me so much. I'm not gonna lie, I laughed. It was really funny. It was funny, and it made me feel bad because, like, Bruce Lee's one of my heroes. I didn't like that it made Bruce Lee a caricature. I I didn't like that. Mm. You know, I did like the whole but I felt so bad that I was laughing and you know his daughter watched it and was like cringing and I listened to her podcast ah. and you know wisdom with Bruce Lee and I mean I I I, I worship Bruce Lee. That so, sucks. I mean I didn't well, really well, even No, uh, I know. know what's funny that. is what's funny is Tarantino loves Bruce Lee. He put um the, the bride, Uma Thurman, 
in the Bruce Lee costume. Right. You probably don't know that. That's from Game of Death. That yellow costume is from a, a famous right. Bruce, Bruce Lee movie. Um, but they made him into this kind of arrogant guy when everything I knew about him was he was very humble and he was the exact opposite. Right. So it, it just left a bad taste in my yeah, mouth. Yeah, bothered you. Especially because I found it funny and Cliff <laughs> Booth like beats him, yeah. which also seems kind of unrealistic. Um, I get it. But that's, you know, what? Five, ten minutes in yeah, the whole so movie. Yeah, so other than that scene and like the, the kind driving. of excessive driving <laughs> and just the extra, I actually loved but the rest. But realize back in, I don't know, the 60s and 70s and so forth, uh, well, even before that in Hitchcock movies and so forth, they would do these uh, very long driving sequences. I think maybe that was sure, a homage but to that. Well, and I think so too. The, the difference to me is Pulp Fiction is almost three hours and it's a perfect movie and yeah. I couldn't dream or imagine of them taking a scene out. Right. And when I look at this, and by the way, Django and Inglourious Bastards might, is probably true as well. Yeah. There are scenes you could You take could out. edit it. Yeah, it yeah, you yeah. know, it, that's why it's to me not it's perfect. not a masterpiece. It's not perfect. It's, it's like I gave it three and a half out of five stars. That's like a, you know, a, a good movie. You know? I think it thoroughly th deserves Yeah, four. like a four, yeah. Four, four, four and a half to me. But Yeah, so you, you loved it. And my wife... Loved it. And my wife didn't go to the bathroom or fall asleep once Which in the theater. Which is amazing if you know yeah, Danny. For like an yeah. almost three hour movie. Yeah. And she was like, oh, we're buying that when it came out. Yeah. I was like, wow, look at you. I'm Definitely. impressed. And my husband loved it. Like yeah. he was he was laughing the entire movie and everyone it's in the theater loved it. It's his funniest movie by, it by far. It was brilliant. Yeah. I, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Probably my favorite movie of the year. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That ending was impactful to me. Yeah. And what was funny was, as I said, it, it, resonated with me it was stuck. haunting it stuck with me for like a week and i was like maybe i do like this movie more than i i realize um anyway so that's that uh, what would your top three tarantino movies be uh can i count ki uh, kill bill as one sure okay K kill bill is at the top mm -hmm. and it's gonna be between pulp fiction and once upon a time okay. as second so i mean pulp fiction has has the crown for yeah. me without a doubt and i think it will for a long 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 time if if not forever um but i actually probably would then change it to kill bill mm -hmm. and then inglorious bastards because i couldn't believe and you how had much... once upon a time is four right number four nah, yeah it's probably four or five because yeah. reservoir dogs is is definitely mm -hmm. up there but um i i absolutely loved kill bill vol one especially yeah. but um it would be pulp fiction kill bill and inglorious bastards and it's funny that i put inglorious bastards so high when structurally there's there's quite a bit of that movie that i mean there's that's probably like another hour and a half of that film that i can't say i love i, I that other half is just a masterpiece but we have a rule here even at tony the movie guy and this is the thing rewatchability yeah. wise rewatchability wise to me it's Kill Bill, Pulp Fiction, and Once Upon a Time in terms of being able to digest it well, more easily. Well, I don't easily. know yet on Once Upon a Time. I have to. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't rewatched it again yeah. in, in, you know, on, on I was going to say on video. <laughs> <laughs> on video cassette, on, VHS. On VHS. What's that? so old. Um, um, no, I mean, look, we that one I need to rediscover. And what I do love about it is it's an original film, mm -hmm. which we don't get enough of. It's original film. Such a breath of fresh air. Everyone's going to see it. It was a big success, obviously, and that's great. And, and I don't think he's done. Um, well, that's that's so that's all of his films. Yeah. Th those are his 10, he says, nine films. So Tarantino has said he wants to make 10 films and then he's done. 
So the rumors are that he's going to do a Star Trek movie, which would be cool because sci-fi is basically the only genre he hasn't done. Mm. I think a Star Trek film is a bit of an odd choice. But, For him, yeah. Um, but I would love to, I'd love to see him do sci-fi and I'd love to see him do a straight up comedy. Maybe yeah. like a kind of quirky comedy, but like a straight up comedy and romance. I mean, true romance. Everyone says is his love story, but, you know, Tarantino style, but he hasn't actually directed one himself. Yeah. Um, he talked about in the last podcast, a potential Kill Bill 3. Which would be. That would be amazing. Awesome. It yeah, would I don't be know what awesome. it would be. I but... don't know the details with Uma Thurman. Remember with the whole Me Too thing that came up? I don't. There was some situation where she got like hurt in during the filming of the Kill Bill movies oh. with uh, like driving and it was kind of kept hush hush and there was some accountability with Tarantino uh, but it wasn't really him I think it was more the Weinstein I don't know yeah. I mean obviously he really gave her a lot of success with the films and I thought they had a great relationship from And who knows films. what's true Who knows what, what really happened yeah. I I just I don't know what the relationship He wants to oh, write actually, a lot now apparently No no that's bullshit um Maya Hawke her daughter is in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, yeah, that's right. By the way, we didn't even talk about that. It was kind of witty. Did that you was know funny. He had all these daughters of famous celebs. Harley Quinn uh, Smith is in it as one of oh, the Manson girls. Rumor Willis, Bruce Willis, and Demi Moore's daughter oh, is in funny. there. And then uh, Maya Hawke. Maya Hawke is She's one, the one that runs away. One that runs away, <laughs> yeah. which actually happened. I, I heard one that. One of them chickened out. Yeah. It actually happened. Um, you know why that while that was going on, there were other multiple murders. Yeah, happening two others. Yeah. yeah. So it was a whole thing. I mean, well, I know our, I've watched House of Manson. Yeah, our friend Serena Lorian made a really gritty, horrific version and a true account yeah. called House of Manson. Which, if you have a a, a tough stomach, a stomach, <laughs> um, and you like horror, check out House yeah, of Manson. Good That's on uh, Amazon. It's on Amazon. Amazon. There you yeah. go. That's a shout out for our good friend and British actress Serena Lorian. Yeah. IMDb. Her. All right, let's continue. Um, <laughs> no, I mean we saw the premiere of that film. Oh, yeah, it, it was actually it was impressive. creepy. Yeah. Um, yeah, so those are my top uh, three for sure. Pulp Fiction, uh, Inglorious Bastards, Kill Bill. Um, I I don't know. I mean, he says, you know, 10 such a round number. I hope he does more. He, uh, I think he just got married, wants to have kids. That's right. what he said on the he podcast. He said it's the first time he's really been in yeah. love. His wife's like half his age, you know. And he's he genuinely write. seems in love. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. He wants to write books and scripts and things like that, which would be cool. But... He'll come back for the right project. I'm 100% yeah. certain. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd love to see um, science fiction. I would. And I'd love to see like a comedy. Because he really maybe... showed good... Comic then he skills. could finally work with Tom Cruise, who was going to be in this film, right, so but the timing doesn't that. work. Yeah. Well, he said it on the podcast because uh, Josh asked him. He was like, there was a rumor Tom Cruise was going to be in this sad, film. confused. Yeah. yeah um, and he's like, yeah, actually, there were talks, but it didn't work out. I would love to work with Tom. I know he's great. So science fiction would be cool. Well, apparently he wrote the part of Cliff Booth and gave it to Tom Cruise. It, that was his first choice. It made choice. sense, yeah. And it looks like Tom Cruise really wanted to do it, but he had... He had Already signed up made, for Top Gun. Top, well, signed it. Tom Cruise doesn't really have to sign up for anything. <laughs> I mean, like, but he for had that promised year. people like he was going to do it because yeah. it was in such demand and he couldn't get away from it. So yeah. I think that's Makes what sense. happened. And it ended yeah. up great. So I would, I mean, it did. It did make me kind of wonder how Cruise would, would be in that like, role because yeah. Tom Cruise would have pulled it off. 
Oh, totally. And it would have been something so different for him. Yeah, totally. It would have been, like, he would have got an Oscar nomination for that. Finally, Uh, He absolutely would. He's been nominated three times, but he's just, he's been doing the whole action stick for so long. I would love to see Tom Cruise do a movie with Tarantino because, yeah, I was so excited when that, uh, you know, was being buzzed about because he would do something so different. Yeah, totally. You know, so, yeah, definitely cast Tom Cruise in your next movie, Tarantino. Okay, good. So those are our, those are the films. I mean, it's yeah. it's not a huge catalog. Like no. Nolan, he's made like ten movies, but, but they're most all of them, brilliant, well, most much. of them are masterpieces. Yeah. Jackie Brown and Death, Death Proof, Proof eh? aren't great. All the others are great. Oh, well, worth um, seeing. Yeah, and and three or four of them are like damn right, damn right, genius. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Satisfied. Absolutely. All right, folks. Well, as I said, so Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is in the theaters right now. Go see it. Go out and see it. Yeah, see it on a big screen because the colors are gorgeous. Uh, It's a great movie. Um, You know, always check out our uh, Facebook page, Tony the Movie Guy. Let us know your favorite Tarantino movies, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Good night. Good night. Thanks again for listening to another new episode of Tony the Movie Guy, the podcast. As always, you can follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Tony the Movie Guy. You can also email us anytime at Tony the Movie Guy podcast at gmail.com. And also, don't forget to leave your five-star iTunes reviews. We really appreciate those. And we will see you in two weeks. Bye-bye.